Welcome back to another edition of the Atomic Podcast with your host, Ephraim Guzman. I am Frank D., the editor of the Atomic Podcast, and today is a very special day because we have reached 200 episodes here of the Atomic Podcast. And I want to say thank you very much to all the listeners out there and all the guests who have made this possible. And Ephraim, my man, my Puerto Rican brother from another mother, congratulations on achieving this milestone, and may you continue to blow up the news on a verbal scale for years to come. Congratulations, my man. Yo, this is Max Hernandez, straight from TNA and LAX. Listen to the Atomic Podcast. Orgullosamente Latino hasta la muerte y después. Worldwide Latino pride. The ambassadors of violence. LAX, K-Dog, the notorious 187 homicide. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. My guest today, you've seen him wrestled in um, Impact Wrestling, TNA, that's the promotion, Lucha Underground, um, Lucha Libre. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Sean Hernandez. Supermax. What's going on, Supermax? What's going on, brother? How are you? Good, good, man. You know, we were talking off the line. It's just funny because we're just, I don't know, I think the best conversations are the ones you don't record, but, you know, <laughs> I was talking to you about your um, smoker, Arnold Schwarzenegger type voice, man. Um, <laughs> it was funny. Um, it used to be a little bit better. It used yeah. to be a little bit better, but then, I mean, uh, maybe 2008, I got a drop kick from Billy Gunn. You know, he's pretty jacked. He can still jump at his age, Ted. Got me right square to throw in the voice box. Has it been the same since, man? <laughs> wow, man! Did he pay for your hospital bills? No, no. Well, I, 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 was, I, was, I was just a uh, uh, we call that a doctor's precautionary thing to yeah. make sure everything was cool. So I just could, all I did was I couldn't fly for days, so it was cool. Oh, okay, okay. Man, you know, Sean, man, like, you know, people see you in your appearance, you know, they think, you know, you're like super, you know, you come from the hood, you come from the PJs, you know, like, you know, you're just you're chilling on the, you're chilling on the sidewalk, especially, you know, with your persona in LAX, man. Um, Tell the people where you're from, man, your upbringing, man. Just school some people on it. <laughs> my, 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 I was a Green Beret for 30 years, man, so, I mean, I've until high school, I, I lived in an army base, so yeah. there was no hood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I played college football. Like, you know, I, I, play, I played two years of arena football and did uh, some uh, professional powerlifting afterwards. So there was the only hood you see was on that on. I was on TNA, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's that's that persona. You don't have the do rags. You don't have the you know like the sh- cut off shorts and none of that. That's not you, right? That's just your character, brother. You get your ass beat by your by your dad. He was, he was in Vietnam three different times. He's like, I'm like six one, six two. Yo, I roll around about two fifty, and he's like five. Eight, 160 pounds, and still with my ass, and he's almost eighty now. Yeah, oh my! You're not doing no hood around him. He was, <laughs> I promise you. Oh man! So, um, before I talk to you about you know your wrestling career, just take me back, man. Yeah. Growing up, you said your father was in the Green Berets. He was like one of those strict military yeah. dads, like one of those strict guys. Or? Oh yeah, you yeah. have no idea. I mean, this this man, uh, he's from the island of Puerto Rico. Yeah. 
Uh, he came to the U.S. Army. He knew maybe four words of English. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and uh, he, he worked his way up to the Sergeant Major in 30 years. His Sergeant Major? Uh, last tour. Yeah. yeah. His, his, last, his last tour, he was a POW. Um, I really never saw my dad that much until about 7th or 8th grade when, you know, when finally the 80s calmed down. There was no, no wars needed for him to train gorillas and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, dude, it was this, every three years we moved to a new army base, and, uh, there was no hood, there was no hood, there was this <laughs> army in green, yeah. <laughs> camouflage everywhere, that's all I remember, man. Oh, what was your dad, was he Mexican, Puerto Rican? No, he was from Island, Puerto Rico, my mom is, my mom is, uh, Oh wow! Okay, wow. So you have a like a a different combination right there. You know, like people see you well, automatically. Well, thought, how, many, yeah. brother, how, many, how many Puerto Ricans you see as tall as me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my, my granddad is by four. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true, man. And um, um, the your your um teenage life. You know, you was always active in sports. Yeah. Um. Well, I. I always played uh, baseball and basketball, and then you know I'm a bigger kid, so I'm thinking I'm going to be about six five, six six. I found want to play college basketball, but then when you stop growing, <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants a six foot one, you know, center for college basketball. So uh, my eleventh grade year, I never played football in my life ever. So coaches came to my house and asked my parents. If I could play, because I was the biggest kid in school who didn't play. <laughs> uh, I, I, I played, uh, played two years in high school football and got a scholarship for football. And ended up getting, uh, you know, like, like I said, I played two years in arena football. So, then that's, I played maybe six years, no, two, four. My whole life, maybe eight years total football. Wow, so football has been a really big part of your life. Um, you had any major injuries from yeah. arena football? No, the only injury, the disappointing thing about it is everyone thinks how dangerous uh, pro, um, pro football is and stuff. It has nothing to do with, it has, it's nothing compared to pro wrestling. I mean, maybe a pulled hamstring or something like that, but you know, wrestling, you know, I have a ankle fusion, you know, I got a neck fusion or I got, you know, metal parts in your neck and metal parts in your ankle numerous concussions dude. I mean rest has been way more injury than mm. so how did um training and wrestling how did um wrestling come about uh, well I had a very, like I said I had a very strict dad and I wanted to be a pro wrestler since I was about like 15 years old and mm-hmm. he said nope <laughs> <laughs> go to college get a degree all, you know, do all the college stuff yeah. So I went to college and uh, played, you know, played football there. And arena football wasn't really cutting it because be, that was before the NFL started taking it under its wing. So we were making five hundred a game, bro. Wow. What are you gonna do with five hundred a game? You can, yeah, you gotta train and, and practice, and it just, it just, economically didn't need to add up. So I quit and got a normal job and started doing powerlifting and uh, the WWF. Came to Gold's gym that one day, and some guy said, "Hey man, you need to go to wrestling school and make this money." And 
that's how I joined. That's how I joined the pro wrestling man. Oh, and who was the, who was the trainers you trained under? I trained under Tugboat Taylor and his son Chaz from the old uh, early nineties of global wrestling on ESPN. Oh wow, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Tugboat Taylor and Chaz Taylor, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, it was it was awkward, but I mean it worked out pretty good for me, I guess. Oh, how was how was Tugboat as a as a trainer? Uh, well, he, man, he was big. I mean, he's born born fifty pound guy. Yeah. And what was weird was I started I started the wrestling school at three oh five. That's that was my weight. Jesus Christ! And I was probably I was probably the fourth the fourth smallest guy at his school. Wow. So, I mean, he had guys ranging from three fifty to four fifty. You know, and these were young guys, young cats, and I mean. I'm not doing no big power moves and throws on those guys. I'm lucky to, to get, even get a body slam. So <laughs> that's why I start doing my dive and drop kicks and stuff like that. You know, it's, how is she gonna get those guys, big guys like that, on the ground? Yeah. Oh my God, man! And so, um, yeah. how long, how long did you train under him? Uh, a year and a half. Wow, that's it. Just a year and a half. Yeah. Well, the problem was. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, two years. Two years? Okay. The problem was, you know, Tug, Tug had a, was a good trainer, but, you know, a lot of those old school guys don't mesh well with these up-and-coming promoters, and, you know, so in two years, I probably had six matches, just because people did not like Tug Taylor, mm-hmm. and the, you know, the local, the local promoters. So I, had to go to, I went to this other guy, and I got like 75 matches in the first year. Wow. So, yeah, it was big, big eye-opener after that. No, and then um, from there, your first promotion was Texas Wrestling Academy. No, that was well, that that's, no, I was uh, Texas All Star Wrestling. Texas All Star Wrestling. All those matches. Okay. And then, uh, dude, after first, just one year wrestling there, I started getting noticed. I got three dark matches with WWE. Yeah. Um, I did I did two tours in Japan, and then I started branching out from there. You know, started going to Puerto Rico, started going different places in Texas and Mexico, and that's, I mean, I love wrestling Mexico. I'm, I go, I'll be, I'm going back uh, July 2nd. Yeah. I don't know if you know who Super Astro is. Yeah. But he has this, he's, you know, he's from the 70s and 80s, but he has this awesome sandwich shop in Mexico City, and he has his 25-year anniversary, and I'll be there signing autographs and stuff like that for his big, his big, I mean, he's, it's a big deal. I mean, it's really close to the uh, in Mexico and uh, downtown Mexico. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Oh man. So, um, wrestling for all these different promotions. Um, how did you yeah. wind it ending up in a um TNA? Oh, <laughs> uh, by accident, man. <laughs> accident, uh, man. Those are the best things. Everybody says, you know, I get discovered by accident, or or, or somebody wants me to be a model by accident. So this is crazy. Tell me the story. How. <laughs> Well, it was LAX. His name was Conan Homicide and, and Big Apollo from Puerto Rico. Yeah. And um, I, Apollo's a good friend of mine. I don't want to say nothing negative, but I mean, he had trouble. He had, at that time, he had some issues where he was making trouble making flights from Puerto Rico to Orlando. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I don't know if you know anything about or Puerto Rico to Orlando flights. There's probably six in one day. What? <laughs> and, yeah, and you're, and you're having problems making the flight. You know, he had, 
maybe there's some issues. I don't, I don't want to get into it, but I mean, that's not my that's not my personal life. But gotcha. He has some issues, so he cannot make. He was having problems with the flights, and they fired him. Yeah. And then they called me just because they needed a big Hispanic guy to be the big guy in LAX. Yeah. And I was in Mexico. I was in Mexico wrestling as Mr. Texas in a mask. Yeah. And I had this little feud lined up with this guy, and it wasn't going to be over till February. Yeah. And uh, so they got Ricky Vega from uh, Florida to be the big, the so-called big guy in LAX. And it wasn't working out, so they called me come in March of 2006, and uh, they didn't even tell this dude. Oh, shit. I mean, TNA was very, very crappy about that, because, I mean, I show up, you know, he thinks I'm just a member, a new member of the group. He, he didn't realize that they did a match, they stripped him of his LAX colors, Beat them down, and then you know how they filmed two episodes in one day. The next episode, they had me come out with homicide and didn't even mention nothing. Oh my! So it was yeah. So I mean, here this kid showing up for the next two or three weeks, you know, thinking he's doing a group, and no one's telling him anything. It was very, very awkward. But yeah, it seemed to work. I mean, eventually, you know. Leveled off, and he so I guess someone finally told him that he was not in LAX no more. And yeah, you know, we took you know, me and Homicide took off really well and worked out really awesome. Yeah, how, um, how was it when you first met Homicide? Because you know, you know, he's he, he's he, he's a he's a definitely a funny character, man, funny guy. Um, well, what what was your first impression of him when you met him? Uh, he's a, he's the most realest guy you're ever gonna meet. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was in Ring of Honor. I was like on pre-show matches and shit like that. Well, I'm like first match at that. And here's this guy in the main events, and then you know what? Four years later, we're tag partners. Yeah. You know, and he's you know was people laugh, but we're definitely the, the perfect odd couple. You know. Yeah. He's straight hood from the projects, lives there, proud of it. You know, reps all the time. And I'm this. You know, middle class dude from <laughs> from from suburbia, and uh, <laughs> he would never picture us together. I mean, we never, you know, wasn't pro wrestling. Me and me and Sire probably would never cross paths ever. Wow! And um, we're like brothers now, man. I mean, he's 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 more than a friend. He's like my he's, he's literally like, my, like a blood member of my family. Wow! <laughs> very 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 different. Wow, that's what, um, did you guys click right away? Well, that, that's the that's the thing, you know, for LAX, you know, when we finally started, you know, for like three or four months, we just stood in the corner next to the Spanish announce booth. So, and we get we, we got paid to stand there. They wouldn't even give us a match. Yeah. And then I guess finally someone woke up and realized they were paying us to stand in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, so they gave us a match to see what we could do. And they caught lightning in the bottle because, you know, with Conan's promo skills and Homicide's mad character, and, you know, he literally put, Homicide literally mentored me and trained me to put me in all the right spots in the matches to make me look a lot better than I was at the time because I just know you know, Indian lucha style at the time, and I mean, what you know, what, it, it, for all the people that liked the LAX, how it worked in the ring, I, you got to give a thousand percent credit to Homicide because I mean, he's such a genius as far as putting matches together, 
and placement of where, where you need to be at. I mean, I was lost when I first got there. That's, I mean, I was literally coming from Lucha where there's no psychology. You know, there's three falls. You know, so I was definitely, definitely not in the right place where I needed to be at. And uh, he just calmed me down and he just, hey, just do this, this, and this. And we're going to be golden. I mean, look what happened. It just took off like wildfire and we were like the hottest thing in 2006. Yeah, you know, your shirts were a big seller. And then, you know, the matches you had against uh, the Motor yeah. City Machine Guns and, yeah. you know, Canada, Team Canada, Rock and Rave Infection. Yeah. You, know, you had a lot of good yeah. matches, man. And um, did you guys, like, work a lot together? Like, once you found out you was being the tag team, that you said, all right, you know, let's just get to know each other and let's see what we're all about? Or well, basically, you know, it's, wrestling is a lot about egos and stuff like that. Pro, pro wrestling is. And, uh, if you have an ego, and you know, it's you better you better be able to back it up. You know, homicide. You know, he has, he's a very humble guy, but he has ego, mm-hmm. and it, but it, it's, he deserves it because I mean, look, you know, he's one of the founding fathers of Ring of Honor. You know, Godfather of East Coast Wrestling, and I humbled myself. I just. Be honest, I didn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Look, yeah, we're gonna live and die. We're gonna do it your way, bro. Because I've seen you in the main events and Ring of Honor rocks the house. I've seen every, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill the form. Like, you just tell me what we're doing, what we're doing it, and uh, he mentored me very well. And I mean, we took off, and we had, you know, we were on house shows together. So I actually learned. It took me about six months to learn exactly how to even wrestle like on TV because." With it was had such a great mind. He just put you in the right spots, even if you didn't know you were in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, once I finally realized what I was doing, it, it got even better. It was awesome, man. Yeah. Um. The, at that time, um, the TNA, you know, see see you as like the bigger commodity than Homicide, or did they just want to separate you guys and just have you guys spread off on singles competition? Uh, that part was not, neither one of us, uh, we wanted that, we, we didn't want that at all. Yeah. You know, we didn't want, if, if we wanted, if we wanted to, singles, we still wanted to be part of a group together, yeah. you know, and, uh, I don't know what, whose idea that was, this was when Hogan and Bischoff came in there, so, uh, I guess they wanted a bigger dude, or, you know, I don't know why they broke us, because we were under pressure that we were still going to be LAX. Just doing tagging sometimes, but doing mostly singles. Yeah. You know, and we had, you know, obviously what someone tells you and what what really happens is two different things. Yeah. You know, we were doing that. We did that maybe one or two times. Then they had us wrestle each other. And then they had him turn on me, and then they had him be a heel and me try to be a baby face. And he still was LAX, and I'm wearing like trunks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was definitely, you know. Not what was originally given to us. Yeah, they changed your music. They gave you the Mexican yeah. color tights. You know, yeah. you was like, oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. you was like almost like a Mexican version of John Cena when he had all those different color tights. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, hey, I was there. I know. I lived it, man. You know, it was, it, yeah, I remember. I remember. You know, because I didn't like the song at all. Because I mean, we had the sweet ass LAX with the big shotguns at the beginning. The yep. Match. I mean, and uh, the, uh, the song and all that, and him come out to like some Santana ripoff music. <laughs> that, you know, that, that, that I, I wore a salsa with a chick to not to, you know, come, come out to fight. 
you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I legit remember trying to a power walk to the to show. They had to cut the music faster, you know. <laughs> um, um, what did what did you think when Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff joined TNA? Um, that's when I asked uh, Mrs. Quarter, who was the owner at the time, to if, to let me go to Mexico for you know and work on some stuff. Yeah. Because I knew damn well that was right on the wall. You know, yeah. I'm look the part. I don't wrestle the part of a WWE style guy. And they wanted to make it like a WWE light or my, you know, WWE junior. And I just asked to go to Mexico and just work on my, and work on some stuff. And she granted, I just, I had to get out of there because I, I, I thought that we for sure would get fired if we stayed. Yeah. <laughs> and look what happened. I went, I, you know, Happened, you know, six months later, homicide got let go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, what are your thoughts on Dixie Carter? Uh, she's, she gets a bad rap, man. You know, <laughs> at least that, during that time, you know, the, this late stuff with the selling the company, I don't know because I wasn't there, but when I was there, you know, people like to say, oh, she don't know what she's doing, she don't know this and that. And that's 100% correct. But this lady's smart enough to know that she did not know all about the wrestling business. So she hired what she thought were right people. Now, if you're going to fault Dixie Carter for what happened in TNA, you need to fault her business decisions on who she hired. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, just like when you're the owner of a baseball team and you hire the, the team that's not doing what you want, you fire the owner. No, the owner just gets a new GM. And every time we got a new GM, we went from Terry Taylor to Bischoff to Bruce Pritchard to Russo, all those guys, and it wasn't there. I mean, it, yes, you have to blame her, but only because of the bad choices. I mean, look at, you know, sooner or later, some of the blame has to go to the guys who actually make all the business decisions. Yeah. You know, the, the bigs from the, the John Gorich, Gur- whatever his name is. And, yeah. Uh, Bischoff when Bischoff insisted for us I, I don't think I remember when Bischoff insisted for us to go head to head against Monday Night Raw yeah. <laughs> one time. and we just got obliterated you know so, I mean you know people will say fuck yo, by, yo it's Dixie's fault yeah it's Dixie's fault because she hired those people I mean too many of the GM's got to take some credit for that yeah. they're the ones that made it, that, that, those calls yeah um um, why, why, how come you didn't think TNA ever put the, the belt on you, you know, when you was getting the push? <laughs> Did you honestly think that was going to happen, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying they were hyping you up, you know, like the, like the oh, next big thing, you know. I yeah. agree, I yeah. agree, bro. I mean, as soon as, as soon as, yo, I wrestle AJ Styles or Samoa Joe or something like that. Oh yeah, I could win, I could win against them. But if, if I had Russell, a Booker T, or a Sting, or something, or Kurt Angle, the only, the only time I won was straight, D, you know, by getting beat up by the main event mafia to, uh, or DQ. They would refuse to elevate me, you know, to, that's why we have all those older guys to help the younger guys get over. Yeah. And I can beat Samoa Joe. I can beat AJ Styles. I can beat Crystal Daniels. But when I do a singles match with Angle or... Sting or Kevin Nash or Booker T, though I can't beat these guys. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, yeah, I knew the writing was on the wall when I 
Kairos to all four of those guys in a row and DQ, DQ, DQ. So for the few fans that wanted to win the belt, I apologize, but there was no way that was happening. Oh, man. <laughs> um... Um, what um, what do you think about the guys who left TNA who are now in WWE like AJ Styles and Eric Young? Um, um, what's your opinion on them working in WWE now? It's real simple. I mean, in TNA that boggled all those guys. Yeah. And mess yo, yo AJ Styles is number one. You know what? Action figure guy seller for WWE. Yeah. He was your poster boy for years in TNA, and you can make TNA better. You had, you had, you know, look at look at Joe. Killing it, you know. Byron Roots killing it, you know. Austin Aries, Eric Young, you know. When I was Lucha Underground season one, killing it, you know. You have too many. You had six or eight dudes that are, are you know, big wrestling commodities. Yeah. And you just let them fall to your fingers, and they, you know, WWE picks up where you just where you dropped on the ground, polishes up, and now it's just you know printing money off it. This is. Someone's got to be held accountable and they said, hey, I failed. And everyone wants to point Dixie Carter, yes, because she appointed certain people to be the boss. But sooner or later, when's Terry Taylor or Bischoff or uh, Russo or someone going to take, hey, I dropped the ball. Come yeah. on, bro. Yeah, there's how many guys there are killing it in NXT or WWE and everyone wants to blame Dixie Carter on the failure. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. What um um. What do you think of the current current LAX stable, and how come you're not a part of it when Conan and Homicide are back in Impact Wrestling? Did they call you to come back, or? I haven't talked to TNA since uh, September of 2015. When I had my little legal with Lucha Underground, so. Oh. That, that, I don't know why. I don't care. Um, as far as the guys for LAX, I haven't seen it. I don't get Destination American Channel. Uh. I think I it's on. I think it's on pop Russell. now. I think. I think it's on pop. I'm not that's sure. It, that's yeah. even worse, bro. What's <laughs> pop? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you might as well call it the cooking channel because I don't know what channel it is. But uh, <laughs> I was those kids in uh, in uh, Jersey All Pro wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Me and Homicide Russell, those guys. Maybe maybe last year or the year before. Yeah. In 2015 or 16, they're good kids. I mean. They have some huge, 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 huge shoes to fill, you because, know, I mean, for the, for the Latin community, being a homicide and coding together as a click, it was just magic, and I don't see it with those guys. I mean, they're good, very good wrestlers, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, it's got to be the attitude and the charisma and the character, and I don't think you can put that, just put that on anyone. Yeah. I think what they should have did was... Um, push those guys and then maybe had them fight for the name of LAX and earn it Yeah, and just be given to them because I mean I, we you know, were homicide you know, I think I saw a picture of all of them together when homicide is the biggest guy in the group right. that's awkward <laughs> you know I mean you know, and, you know I think one guy wears a spade you know one guy is chubby or something yeah you know he's uh, it doesn't work it just you know, it don't work. You you've seen what LAX looks like, yeah. And you see what these guys it looks like. You know, kids playing LAX. Yeah. Wow. You know, you know, don't get me wrong. I think those guys are cool. I mean, they're very they're very nice and respectful. They can wrestle well. It's just 
I think they put them in a position that it's not going to be beneficial for them. You know, yeah. that's my opinion, man. No, no, no. Totally, totally respected, man. Um, you know, when you had yourself, um, Homicide and Conan together, I think what a lot of people, this is just my opinion, though, but what I liked about it yeah. is that not you can't pinpoint one is a superstar over the other. You know what I'm saying? Conan is a big exactly. name in exactly. AAA, WCW, but his role fit. Like, he didn't outshine you guys. He, yeah. enha- he enhanced you guys. And you guys together, you know, nobody, you know, one, one who's to say, oh, Homicide is a bigger star than Hernandez or Hernandez yeah. is a bigger star. It's like you guys yeah. gel together. Nobody, like, he didn't try yeah. to outshine you or you didn't try to outshine him. Like, you guys yeah. were just a tag team. And that's... You know, that's what I hate about what they do with tag teams. They just try to break them up and just yeah. separate them, you know? Yeah. Well, so. with LAX, where it, was, where it was us three, even with us two, even we had uh, Salinas and yeah. Hector, you play, we played that music and just the attitude we brought to the ring. People knew that they were in for a fight, you know, not some just, you know, nice, cool, arm, you know, technical arm wrestling I'm taking on pro wrestling match. You're gonna get somebody's gonna get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it got people hyped. It got the crowd hyped. It got you know. I remember we wrestled uh, AJ Styles and Christian Daniels in Detroit in that uh, Six Sides and Steel Cage match. Dude, you can just I mean you can. I mean, granted, the pay per views only had like three to five thousand people in, but I mean you can feel the energy as soon as that music hit. That we were, I mean, this electricity was in the air and. Then, the match turned out really good. The people wanted to see that. You know, I don't see that with these guys. So maybe it's because it's different dynamic, but I mean, I guess you have also, I think you have two guys at Russell and you have like three or four people with Conan and I think a girl and I think uh, Homicide outside the ring. That's kind of too much distractions, I think. Yeah. I know. Oh, I, I'm, you know, I forgot to mention being involved with Shelly Martinez. How was she as a person, and how was she, you know, as as a competitor with you? Uh, well, she, she was there. You know, yeah. I thought she, you know, she looked the part. She did her, she did her job right. Is this? I mean, some some of her business dealings at TNA did not work out well. Mm-hmm. I remember we had it was us three versus. Uh, What's those guys' names? Who? America's most, America's most Wanted. Yeah, AMW, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And remember they had uh, Jackie Morris, or manager? Yeah. And uh, we were supposed to do, the, the blow off of the feud was, uh, Loser has to get rid of their ballet, and I guess Shelly didn't like that, and she decided she wouldn't quit instead. Oh, wow. So, so I mean, you know, people were telling that people were telling that story, stuff like that. You know, there's, you know, there's reasons why some things don't work out so well. You know, one thing that always worked out with me on Homicide is that we were always on the same page as far as making money. You know, we wanted to make sure our brand stayed together as much as possible because we knew we were money together. We clicked well, and you know, if, if, the, if the office approached me for something. Yeah. And vice versa, we would we we yeah we conversate about it and and see make the best business decision for us mm-hmm. and the other people whether whether it was Conan whether it was Shelley whether it was uh, Hector 
that was not done that way. You know, those mm-hmm. guys made the best decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's got written out, and they put someone else in their spot. Yeah. You know, one thing, you know, one thing. I mean, homicide. You know, if say I was approached, hey man, we want you to do this, and then you know, they messed up, and they tried to, you know, they try to split us up because, you know, we we shared a hotel room every day. You know, we traveled together, rental car together. We were together ninety percent of the time. So I mean, about ninety percent of the time together, whether it was in a rental car, a hotel, or in town together, and. And they try to split us up to, hey, in the office, hey, Sean, we want you to do this different, or homicide, we want you to do something different. I mean, we're going to talk about it and make the best business decision for both of us because we're, we're money, we're, you know, we realize we're more, more money together than we were more apart. Yeah. Where the other members that showed up, whether it were Conan or Shelly or, hey, you see what happened? <laughs> yeah. So it's it basically comes down with like I, see me. What's that? I said it basically comes down like it was more about the money than actual like togetherness of a of a team basically right yeah, yeah. for me for, and you know, I mean you know it was 2017 we have a tagged on the Indies somewhere for me and Homicide to wrestle with each other so you know there's obviously there's still something there yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you ever feel down the road you guys will team up again? Um, I mean, on the independent circuit, of course. You yeah. know, I mean, we teamed uh, in January together in San Antonio. Yeah. And people went crazy. Just us too. You know. I mean, as far as you know, maybe a bigger a bigger promotion, probably not. You know, it's. A little political when you get on television. It's a little political. Uh, I got different things I want to do with my life now. I'm doing some uh, acting and stuff like that. And, and oh, what kind of acting? Yeah, especially. In, but uh, everybody wants me to be the bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> or security guard. Yeah. Or the fucking, uh, Latin gang member. Latin uh, gang bang inmate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was on. What he was on? This guy, uh, this movie, this is, it was a documentary about Hillary Clinton yeah. last year. It was called uh, Hillary's America. And uh, Denise O'Sasha, that's a political satirist, made a, made a documentary and called me and had me be, you know, a in prison, a Latin gangbang prison mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So you get basically the stereotypical roles, right? Gangbanger number oh, yeah. one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or, or, you know, or they made me shave my facial hair off oh, so I look yeah. more Anglo yeah. so I look more Anglo and it, it made me be the bodyguard <laughs> well I'm saying well you know hey you know, hey, you know you're getting work you're getting paid for it so if you gotta shave off your oh, beard yeah, yeah. Hey, you know I, brother you know see I, say, oh man we need you shave your facial hair off uh, yeah, I'm thinking to myself I'm still getting paid right yeah <laughs> I'll shave these eyebrows off you know, if I just all I do is just stand there and get paid. <laughs> oh man. Um do you ever see yourself in the WWE if you ever get a call or you decide to go over there or something or uh, no, I I no. I I had a couple of, You had a couple of what? And uh, uh dark matches, uh, trial matches. Yeah. And uh, you know, one was against Crash Holly which was a really good one. I uh, got I did 
one was with uh, Joey Abs from the Main Street Posse. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did one uh, with, you know, uh, Haku. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was pretty cool. But, you know, so now I just, it, it was very, you know, I had, problem, I had problems adjusting with the business politics of TNA. Yeah. Hard times were, so I, I'm good. You know, give me some lucha, give me some, you know, I go to Germany three or four times a year. I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how's um family life now with the family? Are you at home more or? Oh yeah. I got I got uh, two basketball players in the house. A fourteen year old and a nine year old. You know, um, both of them are in taekwondo. That's that's the main reason why I joined uh, Underground because what they you know what a lot of people know is they film hard. For like four months, mm-hmm. and you're off for eight months. Wow. Okay. You know, so that you show from like say January to April, they film hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're off from you know April to, to December. So I mean, that's perfect for me to be you know been on the road for nine, 19 years of my life with TNA. You know, gone at four days a week for the house shows and television shows to go on as a big. Wow. This little mug is, he, uh, he's the point guard for the 12 and 13 year old league here in Houston. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, at, at nine, so it's, you know, he didn't take after me because my, um, they're, they're, they're big kids though, right? Are they big? And then now you're there to see all that now, you know? Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, there's no, if I was in TNA, there's no way I would see that. There's, I mean, the schedule's so, you know, or WWE, the schedule's impossible to, you know, I would have to get someone to tape the game or, you know, film it for me to watch it later. Yeah. Um, have you ever got addicted to any, like, prescription medication, like when you was wrestling, when you got hurt, or was you never involved in that? <laughs> you got kids, bro. You gotta do that. You know, I'm, I'm addicted to the Lone Star Light and yeah. Lone Star Beer here. <laughs> you, know, you, go any, you, go any, you go to any nightclub here in uh, Texas and get three Lone Stars for eleven dollars and be a big follower. <laughs> oh my God! Nah, I just keep it real, Bobby. Yeah, dude. Everybody wants to get their little. Expensive dose hankies or where the fuck y'all get? Yeah. <laughs> go up in there and get loaned. I gotta go up there and get like three loan stars for eleven bucks when you're getting maybe one and a half dose hankies for eleven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't get any no no coronas for you? Bro, who can help? <laughs> I'm gonna like maybe I'm gonna like maybe a fourth white, bro. That, that's like coronas like white people beer. I mean, even in Mexico, nobody you know, unless you're at the one of those 
resorts that people even drink. You ever see a real Mexican drinking uh, Corona, bro? <laughs> What's that other beer they have? They have Sol, right? Sol beer and um, uh, Modelo. Sol is awesome. Yeah, isn't it? But isn't it Sol like a little bit like Corona though? Doesn't it taste like it a Modelo. little bit? Yeah, and Modelo beer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. All right, Sean. Um, 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 my last question for you is: What would the Sean of today tell the Sean of yesterday? I'm sorry, sir. I said, what would the Sean of today tell the Sean of yesterday? Bro, don't wrestle. <laughs> don't wrestle. Oh God. Yeah, guys. I mean, you know, let's be realistic. You know, people love wrestling. Uh, wrestling is my blood. I've been doing the last eighteen years of my life. But you know, I, I'm trying to teach my kids now. The same thing is. Make money with your mind. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm 44 now, dude. It, it, you know, I haven't had, had a real, I haven't had a real job because of wrestling since the early 2000s. So, who's gonna you know, when, I, when I get done wrestling? Who's gonna want to hire me to get a real job? Yeah. You know, what, what qualifications do I have? You know, nothing like that. So, you know, I have a degree, but who? You know, I from the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, your niche. Yeah. We're behind the scenes. That's awesome. And yeah. Look, you can do yo. Know, you can do your gig right now yeah. for another twenty years. Yeah. And as long as your mind is right, as long as you can speak well, you can do your job until you die. I can't. You know, can I? You know, some later age catch that bother time catches up up to these wrestlers, and you blink, and you're gonna be forty or fifty years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Not Sean, but you know, but you know, wrestling gave you a lot too, like in the success you have now, and you know the way you're living a little bit. Like, do you think it? Like, if you if, if trade it for anything, I would not trade. Yeah. I wouldn't trade my wrestling experience for anything. I'm just telling you. you yeah. ask you what I would tell Sean from 20 years ago. Yeah, that you would. That's you would, what I would tell him 20 years. Ago. Yeah, don't don't wrestle. Maybe you find something else. Maybe you find something else. I'm, uh, I'm super happy. I'm super proud that I did it. But I mean, you know, like I said, sooner or later. Yeah. Unless, unless, I, you know, unless the movie thing takes off, or, you know, I like being home with my kids and stuff. So I want to be yeah. have a normal nine to five job eventually, yeah. and that's that's gonna be very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and and a final question for you, Sean: What's the key to a happy marriage? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> no, you just no. <laughs> Find the what? No matter what happens. It's supportive no matter what, man. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that, Sean, man. Oh, um, thank you very much. Um, um, what, what's your um, social media out there if people want to book you or your your Twitter handle and Instagram? What is all that? You got I'm, on Twitter, uh, I'm on Twitter, Supermax CTM. I'm on Facebook. I only have Facebook like seven weeks now, so I'm not sure how you do that. But. <laughs> Where? Myself and one of my uh, in Santo, Texas, one of my friends 
Michael Faith were wrestling the original La Parca L.A. Park and his son on July 14th. Yeah. And uh, he's, you know, L.A. Park is, you know, the one from WCW. He's one of my best friends. He's a great mentor and one of my favorite wrestlers ever. So he's, it's going to be very a uh, pleasure to r- wrestle with him. Oh, man. Sean, man, thank you very much for your time, man. I definitely appreciate it, man. And hopefully we can talk again. Of course, man, bro. Thank you for having me, man. No, no problem. I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, <laughs> folks.